This is Dave Fleming at the Ingenuity Lab. Welcome to another episode of LifeWork, a podcast that explores ideas and insights at the intersection of who you are and what you do. Your life work. Stop trying to innovate. Yep, stop. Just stop trying to innovate. Everybody wants to innovate. Everyone wants to describe themselves as innovative. It's on buildings, posters, flyers, letters, awards. People deem themselves innovative. But those who really are innovative know that innovation happens Not by focusing on it, but by focusing on something else. Now, to get at this idea, let's let's think of Apple, the company Apple. Everyone thinks of Apple as an innovative company, maybe even in an innovative space by themselves. And so... Do they try to be innovative? Well, let's take their most well-known product, the iPhone. Once we understand how the iPhone came to be, we understand that you don't get innovation by focusing on innovation. You get innovation by focusing on other elements of solution making. So, Maybe you don't know the story of the iPhone, but the senior developers who worked closely with Steve Jobs on the development of the iPhone didn't start out looking to build an iPhone. In fact, when they started talking about phones, they weren't talking about building one at all. They didn't whiteboard out their newest creation and call it the iPhone and, you know, map out how they were going to make it happen in a year. Nope. Nope. You know what they did? They sat around and they complained about their current phones. We looked around and we noticed that almost everyone around us had phones and everyone was complaining about their phones. And we thought... Could we build something better? They could not stand their current phones. Remember phones before smartphones? Remember texting on a flip phone or one of those little Nokias, you know, where you had to like uh, count the numbers to get the different letters, like one, two, three, and the third one would be a D, and then you'd go one, two, and that was an A, and then one, two, three, four, five, and then you'd press, and that was a V, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, and that was an E. Dave, remember that? Yeah, well, they sat around complaining about their phones. Now, here's the first element that we pursue that may lead to innovation. And that is 
discontentedness with the present. Discontentedness with the present is required before innovation will ever happen, right? Because if I'm not discontent with the way it is, I never need to do anything else. So people who are, are innovative are really, if we backed it up, what they really are is ingenious. And the first step in being ingenious is you're discontented with the present. We hate our phones. And then the, the, the senior director uh, in an interview says this. We thought, we've got to be able to come up with something better than this. And so they started thinking about what they would do. And that leads to another element that's required if innovation is going to happen. And that is, you have to be willing to decide you can make the difference. It won't be someone else. It will be me. It will be us. I'll make the difference. I mean, why not? Let's try. Let's, let's see. We, can we come up with anything better? So they were discontent, but they didn't just sit around whining and complaining, right? They, then they said, hey, let's do something about this. Surely we can build a better phone. And that led to step three. The early attempts at building an iPhone looked nothing like what, if you have one, you are now holding in your hand. Do you know what the, the first iteration of an iPhone looked like? First, we were making the iPod plus phone with a, you can say in a way, a hardware keyboard because it was using the interface of the iPod. Well, we tried I think 30, 40 different ways of making the wheel not become a old rotary phone dial, right? And nothing seemed logical or intuitive. And so at the end of the day, you couldn't, you could select from a list, right? That was what the iPod was all about. But then to actually dial a real number, it was so cumbersome. It was like, this is never gonna work. So here's the third element. They used what they had and tried to make it something different. Again, this is at the heart of ingenuity. Taking the resources that you have and inventively arranging those resources in new ways to try to come up with something different. They didn't start out with the glass that we all now know ubiquitously, right, is the iPhone glass that we use, you know, uh, that we, are, we use our fingers as a pointer on? Nope, nope. That came later. That came after lots of failure. Oh, there's another thing that's really important to innovation. Failure. Ingenuity, which is the, the mother of innovation, requires you to work with your resources, try different things, and fail a lot. In fact, they failed so much that Steve Jobs, who was notoriously known for not being patient, was just about ready to take the project away from the senior developers and give it to another group. 
there was a time in 2005, I think it was, uh, that we'd been doing a lot of designs, but the designs weren't quite there yet. It just, it didn't feel complete. And Steve came to one of our design meetings and he said, this isn't good enough. Like, this is it. You have to come up with something so much better. This is not good enough. He didn't have to read tea leaves. I mean, he said, if you don't start showing me something good soon, I'm going to give the project to another team. So at the same time that Apple was working on creating a better phone, they were also working on the iPad. That was already in the works. The proprietary glass that we now know is on both the iPad and the iPhone was in existence. They were working on that for the iPad. And I remember one day sitting at lunch with Steve and, and he and I both had our phones out. And Steve said, you know that technology we're building to do touch for the tablet? Could we shrink that down into something the size of something that could fit in your pocket and make a phone out of that technology? Steve goes, come over here, I need to show you something. I said, sure, show me something. And so he walked me into the room and uh, he goes, it was basically like a ping pong table sized demo with a projector that was projecting a Mac interface on it. And he was like, check this out. It was, and you would use your whole hand and you could touch different things like it was a big, big Mac. And he's like, look at that, wah, bah, bah, bah. and I can do two, and I can do three, and I can, and I can, and I'm like, let's get all around it and do it. And it was literally a ping pong sized multi-touch display. And he goes, I think this is gonna solve our problem. So what's this part of innovation? It's making connections that other people miss. It's seeing how you could rearrange your resources and use them in different ways. It really is about asking relentless questions about what can we do with what we have and then letting it go, right? And then coming back and asking more questions and thinking more and then letting it go, taking a walk and boom! When we feed our mind with questions and wondering and thinking, and then when we step away and we go for a walk or we are in a different kind of conversation or we're in the shower, right? This happens a lot there too, right? Boom! The aha moment. The aha moment isn't as random as it seems. The aha moment happens more often when we are seeding our mind with questions and ideas about the thing that we are discontented about that we want to change by utilizing our resources in new ways. And after lots of iterations and failures and attempts, the iPhone was born. It still wasn't innovative, though. It was inventive. It was a new invention. But you know, when it became innovative, and this is the, we could say the last piece, when people bought it. <laughs> Every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And we are calling it iPhone. We demoed almost every feature. We played music, we took calls during music, we, we went to really 
large and complex website. I mean, it was, it was a major real demo and everything was live. Uh, so I sat there just sweating the whole time. <laughs> I was so nervous about it. When you run into bugs today, that's because it's been worked out. Like then it's just the first time, like you're, and you would go, okay, press this one now, wait two seconds, press this now. But it was so choreographed. If you went off the script, it could, right? So you had to make sure when the demoers knew exactly what they were supposed to do at which time. You do a great demo at Macworld Expo. The people in the audience are either media, Apple employees, or people who would pay money to like go to this conference about, you know, the products of their favorite computer company. It's pretty industry specific. The fact that you saw people in lines around stores or in lines stretching into parking lots at not just Apple stores, but at every AT&T store was, in retrospect, it's really the first inkling that this is going to have a broader societal impact rather than just being the best phone ever. You don't get to, I don't get to deem myself innovative. That's not how it works. I don't get to declare that I am innovative. Companies are innovative when other people buy or use their products and services and remove other ones that they're currently using in favor of the new ones. Or rave about, as fans, about the new elements of the service and become even more evangelizing of that company. It's not the maker who gets to declare something innovative. It's the market. Ah, so now, am I really saying we shouldn't have innovations in the world? Nope. Not at all. More, more innovation, please. But it's how we get that innovation. And I want to stand on the mountaintop and declare, you get more innovation by focusing on ingenuity. Be discontent. Take the risk to be the group that tries. Utilize your resources in inventive ways, asking questions, what if we did this, what if we did that, how about this? Seeding your mind with thinking and, and questions and, and attempting things and trying and failing and trying and failing. And then, and then letting all that sort of compost in your mind and on your team and then someone says, hey, wait a minute, what if we did this? Boom. And the, the iPhone glass is born. And then, after many more failures and attempts to shrink that glass down and to make a phone that was, quote, smart, Apple put it out there and the market said, indeed, this is better than my flip phone. And that's why you should stop trying to be innovative. And you just might get there. This is Dave Fleming at the Ingenuity Lab.